Hey guys, this is Jesus, one of the following Patreon listeners. The Wigginsis, Jamie Searle, Adam Bueller, Matthew Prowl, Goat Throne Covenant, Brittany Wilson, LLB760, Sophia Dearden, Brownie Davis, and Rogue's Retreat. Thanks for helping us on these last days of retirement. Do you want breakfast? Meet me at Wardlow's Pub. Mia. So we all have pets. We have a iguana. We have a cat. You have rats. And Angela has Christopher Walken. (laughs) (laughs) Like what she said, why? We're good officers. We do our job. Yeah, they're good officers. But in the meantime, I need some serious uh, equipment to make sure that I can do my job to the best of my ability and fill out my contract as, as contracted. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Fanable.com Actual Play Podcast. I am Dave, and I am taking you back in the back of a squad car to the world of Shadowrun. Yes, we what? are back. What? We are back by... Hello, darkness, my Yo, friend. <laughs> Um, we are, we are back, uh, kicking and screaming, or at least for myself, uh, y'all voted, uh, listeners voted for what they would like to listen to. And even though I, the, Angela promised me that she took Shadowrun off of the list, apparently <laughs> you fuckers wrote in enough times that I, uh, that I still have to do this. So if I have to do this, then let's do this. We are not only playing Shadowrun today, we are playing Shadowrun Anarchy, the rules-light, role-playing heavy version of Shadowrun that is as rules-light as Shadowrun can be. (laughs) Uh, Still involving mathematical formulas. There's (laughs) algebraic equations in there for how to determine your dice pool. But the division, short division. Uh, That doesn't matter for Ange. It's all a long division. Yeah, like, no, seriously, what is short division? Like, I, I know we say long division, but... That does imply a short division. I don't know what that is. Two divide, uh, four divided by two. That's short division. Okay. That's very short Republicans and very short Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah, uh, everyone here is going to be playing a Lone Star police officer. And uh, let's go around the table. The name of the game, I believe, I don't have it in front of me, is Two Days Till Retirement. Mm-hmm. And let's go around the table, starting from my left, your name, your character name, and a little synopsis of who they are. All right. Hey, guys, this is Dan, and I will be playing Dustin Rhoda, the dwarf wizard. And uh, he is hes a friendly sort, really. He's, he loves everybody. He's just very friendly and open and giving, uh, especially with his magic and his uh, the tools of his trade. Of course, his magic is all about uh, throwing magic bolts around, and the tools of his trade are mostly rocket patrolled grenades. Uh, but he's very sharing with these, honestly, and he... Uh, uh, divide them equally among among people, uh, whether they be friend or stranger. Hi everyone, this is Angela. I am playing Larissa Shepard, who is not two days from retirement. She actually is relatively new to the force. Uh, she is very excited to be part of the, the Lone Star team and has many, many plans on how to make things more efficient and more safe for everybody. She is, of course, not a magic user in any sense of the word, because this is me. 
and uh, instead she's a she's a, a fairly tough operator. She's got some uh, some Bioware and some cyberware, uh, making her a little tougher than average. Um, but really, you know, she's just so excited to be here. And thank you so much for having her. <laughs> hey everybody, this is Billy, and I'm playing. Uh, hey, I'm Duck McLaren. I'm also not two days away from retirement. Uh, my contract was going to be renewed. That would have been nice. I, uh, I'm pretty much old school when you come uh, to basic police work, basic humanity. I, I don't really do uh, technology or magic or bioengineering or what have you. Blame my mother. She was not into that stuff. Uh, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a cop. Uh, worked in Vice, moved on to undercover work. I, uh, two divorces, one kid. Yeah, I've, uh, Lone Star has been just a dream come true for me. Now you say your mom was into a lot of stuff. Is that where you got the name Duck? My mom, uh, she was, there was a resurgence of that hippie culture. Uh, you know, love drugs, love everything. It was during the rise of all this when all the meta stuff was really getting up there. And uh, they were very human-centric, and she was on heroin, and I was supposed to be called uh, Mallard. That was going to be my name. But when she was so high, when she gave birth to me, she couldn't remember anything but Duck. So my birth certificate, I am Duck McLaren. I've learned to accept it. (laughs) But uh, yeah, that's me. I'm, uh, I'm very much old school. Yeah. Uh, next, uh, next up. Uh, hey guys, uh, this is Jesus, and I'm playing a Rodri uh, Lancaster, a fairly large uh, troll adept. Uh, I've been working for uh, I've been working for uh, Lone Star for since I was a young man of 18. Uh, my parents are so proud of me, and I was going to go and do uh, things like be a police officer and make sure justice was done and it's been a harsh road I gotta fully admit I've done things I'm not exactly proud of part of the job but I try to you know save the little people as much as I can and um I as far as I you know what let's be honest here I live through the stereotype I'm a big violent brute and when when they need somebody to go rush in and just punch people in the face punch through people with my fist I'm there for the job I'll and also admit I like it I'm a big fan did you mention you were a troll I did well, I know. Okay. Yeah, okay. I want to make sure. No, no, no. Did you mention you're a cop? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like punching people. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Troll Adept likes violence, but still a Lone Star officer, and I believe in justice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, everyone. Now, you are from different walks of life within Lone Star PD. But you have all seen each other around your respective precinct. You all share the same precinct, which is the downtown 44. The fighting 44. (laughs) The 44th is very well uh, maintained and has uh, a good amount of personnel, primarily because of the captain. Now, the the captain's name is Captain Cynthia Bendingtree. She, She is Cheyenne and has a lot of connections to tribal councils outside of the crazy boomtown that is Seattle. And it is because of those connections that she has rocketed up the ladder 
to the position of captain in a fraction of the time that it would take someone else. She is extremely adept at what she does and is good at working with the upper brass or the mechanical innards of Lone Star to get things done, or at the very least to make sure everybody still has a job. However, yesterday you awoke to the buzzing of messages. <laughs> Is this real? Hey, yo, pick up the phone. In two days when you're not a cop, your ass is dead. And you all were treated to a meeting with Captain Cynthia Bending Tree for all personnel. Every single cop that works for the 44th was called in for a somewhat monumentous occasion. All right, all right, everyone, quiet. You've all probably heard by now, but I wanted to tell you all myself. What you're hearing aren't rumors. The city of Seattle has decided to not renew Lone Star's contract for the job of law enforcement. Many of you will be reassigned within the week, but two days from now, Lone Star will no longer be in charge of the policing of these streets, and that privilege will be given to our competitors at Night Arant. It has been my distinguished pleasure to serve with you, and let me be clear, the city will come to regret this mistake. Dismissed. With that, you were all shuffled off, still stunned from the news, and brought to your desks and made to sign various waivers and forms that was just the crushing bureaucracy of your job that some of you may have spent your entire careers trying to avoid. Some of you might have flown through it with flying colors. Some of you might have gotten other recruits to do it for you, just sliding your info across the desk and fucking off. But you all get it done, and then you have the solemn instance or requirement, the duty, to clean out your desks. Because uh, without Lone Star... Having the Seattle contract, it won't need to patrol downtown Seattle. Therefore, it won't need the building for much longer either. They're going to sell it off. So you collect your things, and they send you home. Now we're going to start the next day. It's early in the morning. You wake up, breathing in the realization that it was not a dream, and that in 24 hours, you are in some aspect, no longer going to be doing what you are doing. When you wake up, you immediately fixate your eyes on the objects that you took from your desk. Starting from my right, what are those objects? And where are they in your apartment? Well, uh, one object is a pair of brass knuckles in a nice, uh, nice fancy leather uh, box. That's actually in a in a cabinet next to my dresser, uh, given to me for my dad for my 18th, or for when I finally got into the Lone Star Academy. Uh, very proud. It is on it. It has a, a one fist that says family, another fist that says matters. So every time I put someone family, I just emphasize that family matters. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and in a binder in a file cabinet, I have. A <laughs> Wasn't he a cop in Family Matters? Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. This is some dark Call ass fanfic. Call your mom. You want to be here. Pam, pull him in close. 
did I, did I do, do that? that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so sad when we had to take down Uncle Urkel. <laughs> Uncle the crime Were we boss. Yeah. Were we sad? They ruined your family. They took over your family. They made it something it wasn't. <laughs> but you know what? As the days go by, <laughs> you'll get better. And um, in a filing cabinet is actually a, a child's drawing. It's an image of someone that child's like stick figure troll fighting off against other stick figures that with the heads of uh, jack-o'-lanterns. And it came from a couple of years ago when I really my first real beat when I was walking down the city and caught these group of Halloweener the gangs uh, Halloweener gangers uh, basically going to basically destroy a store like take all the money rob it and just burn it down with the family inside probably for some weird uh, send a message or something so I went in there uh, fought them off until backup came almost died and at the end uh, the little girl gave me drew a picture and gave it to me as thanks and it was Bishop like I said and it, uh, below it it says in her uh, her script uh, my friendly monster and that's the first and only time I'm okay with someone calling me a monster. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, mm-hmm. Mr. Monster. Yeah. As Duck McLaren finally rolls out of uh, bed, he probably got about two, three hours asleep. He spent the night uh, at the local uh, cop bar, complaining, drinking, complaining, drinking, maybe getting in fights. He got home eventually somehow, and uh, so the first thing he notices when he wakes up is definitely a picture uh, right next to his bed, which is of uh, him and a young woman, uh, definitely mixed cultures. Uh, she's uh, dark-skinned, where McLaren is uh, Irish completely, um, and she's smiling at him uh, as, you know, she's like dressed up in uh, something that maybe would be uh, described as like Afro-punk. Um, and it's uh, in front of a stage. Um, and right next to his bedroom, uh, right next to that picture, is the box that he just kind of threw against the, on the nightstand. And inside that is a couple files that, you know, he just didn't know what to do with. Uh, some sentimental files from cases that he keeps on basically telling himself, I'm going to figure this out one day when he has the time. <laughs> Congratulations, you have the fucking time. And But a lot of the stuff is memorabilia from... Um, art galleries um, pictures uh, of like playbills I'm sorry playbills from shows and if you were a cop and you were looking through them the the one key thing that you would be able to basically use to web these all together is his daughter Uh, uh, her name is uh, uh, Lily Uh, uh, her name is uh, Lily uh, Marshall which is her mother's name I'm sorry fucking Drew's, Drew's name which is her stepdad you know, everybody has to downgrade to a minivan eventually. <laughs> um, but yeah, he basically has a lot of stuff from his sis- uh, from his daughter's art uh, lifestyle. She is an artist, a sculptor, an actor, and that's basically the only sentimental stuff he kept on his desk. Stuff that reminded him of her. And the last thing he picks up uh, from the desk is uh, an ashtray that she made him uh, when she was six. And he turns it around, and her handprint is uh, on the back. And he just kind of outlines the handprint, how small it is, with his thumb. And just for a, for a second, McLaren allows for a hint of a smile that to touch his face, something that usually doesn't happen, especially this early in the morning. And then he just kind of throws everything back in the box as he just realizes that he's fucked. Thank you, Mr. McLaren. 
Larissa Shepard wakes up in a tiny shoebox of a bedroom in a sort of boarding house situation because she is new. She cannot afford to really have her own place, but she affords this bedroom. So it's about big enough for her twin-sized bed, uh, a bookshelf that has a hot plate on top of it, uh, and a small, like, half a closet. Uh, like, literally, they built a wall dividing the closet for the next room. So it is a, a humble, humble bedroom that she uh, she stays in. Um, Unfortunately, she was tricked. They said this was a, uh, a walk-in. <laughs> And she can walk in it yeah, and take... So it's a one-room walk-in. Oh, it's one room that you can walk in. Okay. <laughs> and uh, she, of course, has already unpacked all of the things from her desk because I mean, when you live in that small of a space, that's what you need to do anyway. And uh, so she, as she wakes up, she looks uh, up on the wall where she has her uh, diploma hanging. Uh, it had previously been sitting on her desk, her diploma that you know said that she had graduated from the academy with honors naturally. Uh, to join the um, Lone Star Force. Uh, she also has um, stacked on that bookshelf next to the hot plate is uh, a couple of file folders that contain things uh, like her um, her employee evaluations, because uh, of course she would want to keep those because you never know when it'll be handy to uh, have those for future references. She also has a Lone Star branded mug. Every new recruit gets a mug with the Lone Star logo on it. 90% of people, you know, lose it but Larissa kept hers of course and then also sitting next to that is um is a badge it is not her badge uh although it is a a badge for another officer Shepard it is actually her mother's badge her mother was also in Lone Star and uh this is what Larissa has to remember her by all right and then for uh for Dusty uh, Dustin Road uh he he lives in an apartment. It's a. It's not a big one. It's, you know, compact, much like he himself is. Uh, but it is. It is. It's a messy place. The camera comes in and looks through just piles of old beer cans, uh, piles of uh, discarded electronics, empty shells, and uh, goes into the bedroom where there is just a. Yet, one, yet another pile, this one of blankets and pillows and presumably a mattress somewhere underneath there. And from beneath that pile, it the pile kind of shuffles a bit and a hand uh, pops out. And he crawls his way out from the pile, looks around blearily, and sees in the corner of the bedroom uh, the box where his stuff is. Now, it's um, everybody else had either cardboard or plastic boxes. Uh, for him, uh, it's one of those uh, explosion containment boxes that the bomb squad uses because they did make him wait outside while they brought out his stuff, uh, mainly because his stuff consisted of a lot of uh, spare grenades that he keeps for what he calls sentimental reasons. Um, but in addition to the uh, to the live ordnance uh, that he stored in his desk, uh, he also had a few other precious items. Uh, one of them, of course, being a small album of old-timey actual printed photos. Uh, he's, he's got a bit of a habit of taking uh, old 35mm photos of uh, basically his favorite explosions. Just, uh, he, you know, he, he has them, he like little dates beneath, and occasionally he, he would leave through them and chuckle to himself and uh, just bring a smile to his face. Uh, he's also got a large um, wad of... Uh, 
basically uh, tickets for whatever the equivalent in Shadowrun is of Chuck E. Cheese yep. uh, that he's been saving up for, for years now. He's got his eyes set on the big prize. And uh, and finally, he's uh, got two uh, sort of those shadow box, uh, you know, like metal display cases. Uh, one of them shows a, a impressive series of commendations for his work, showcasing his work within the SWAT team within uh, Lone Star. Uh, you know, commendations for excellent work, for uh, for achieving uh, different uh, mission goals, uh, and for uh, for saving victims, stuff like that. Uh, the other shadow box is displays a series of citations and uh, <laughs> uh, basically uh, receipts from the times he got called into the office and yelled at for uh, extreme violence and uh, and destruction of public property during an operation. Uh, anyone looking closely would see that the uh, operation ID numbers for many of the these are uh, the same. <laughs> Thank you very much, officer. So far, all right. So all of you, all of you have those memories in front of you. You have them physically captured, and they are no longer where you once put them to help you get through the day. They are instead now just the errata, the the uh, bric-a-brac of your apartment, whether it be a clean place or a. Uh, alternatively organized environments, uh, they are now there in your home, which means your desk, your second home, is devoid of them. And you all get a blip on your on your comlinks. Now, you do have that momentary seizing of like, oh, what news now? I have 24 hours left. What possibly could go wrong? And you notice that it is in fact a is in fact a message from a uh, from another officer, an officer, Detective Mia O'Reilly. Now you all have seen Mia. Mia has a lot of seniority in the Forty Fourth, and is uh, a very well respected individual within the Forty Fourth because she is very old school. She is old school in the fact that she helps cops. She believes in convictions, not collars. She believes in following through with the work, and most importantly, never entirely trusting the brass. So she has, in fact, been on the force for about 30 years and has turned down multiple multiple offers to gain in rank because she does not want to be part of the bureaucratic machine. She sees that as a problematic aspect to it. She is known, she's part of a clique. Now, all cops, all precincts have cliques, and most of them are somewhat kind of forced. You've heard of a clique called the Firestarters, which was uh, a clique of old, um, of former uh, fire department personnel that had transferred over to Lone Star. That didn't really take. There's a clique called the Lone uh, the Lone Rangers, which that doesn't even make sense. You can't be a Lone Ranger if there's multiple of you. Um, <laughs> they started a band. Yeah. <laughs> Glad you got that. Um, and uh, there was also a clique known as just the John Waynes. And it was really, really sad. It's, uh, they, they tried hard. Mia is not part of a clique that named themselves because they originally got the name as a badge of, dishon- or, uh, of uh, dishonor. And the clique's name is simply the good ones. Now, the good ones were seen as cops that really couldn't hack it in today's corporate police environments. 
you're not just a cop, you're also an employee of Lone Star. Lone Star has, Lone Star has investors. Lone Star has personnel um, obligations. Lone Star has events that it needs its, its, uh, top, uh, its top collar cops to go to. The good ones didn't really sign up for any of that. They wanted to be cops. And they adhered to this old school cop mentality. And so while they were just fresh out of cadet school, they were branded with this name, the good ones, for being kind of not really getting with the program. They wouldn't be on the take. They wouldn't ignore evidence. They, and, uh, Mia's known, she actually took down in, uh, one of the exec's kids from Lone Star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... So the fact that she even got a recommendation to be promoted much later on in her career at all speaks to the fact that the good ones were, in fact, very loyal to one another, very loyal to the badge, and very loyal to the idea of law. Many of them have thus since retired, never taking any more into their ranks. But since then, the the name of the good ones has transferred from a uh, from a moniker of shame to one of something that most other cops who are not here just to pass through to a corporate gig, to a, a cushier job. But those who want to be cops aspire to this sort of thing. Not necessarily the pristine image of the gleaming shield and the perfect police officer, but simply knowing what you want from the job. And always, always, always having each other's backs, which in a corporate police environment is not necessarily on the list of to-dos. And my and Mia messages you with simply, do you want breakfast? Meet me at Wardlow's pub. Mia. Mia's so old school, she signs the end of every single message. <laughs> you don't need to do that. You haven't needed to do that since the last century. Uh, yeah, McLaren stands up, looks towards, uh, he hears the meowing of his cat as it, uh, the cat decide, has decided that he, since he's awake, it's time for breakfast. So he pulls out like an egg, cracks it, puts it over the like the, the, the cat's bowl. It falls into the cat's bowl. The, the top closes and then a second later it pops open again and it's like scrambled. And nice. that go, cat goes over, eats it and he's like, I'll pick up, I'll pick up food tomorrow. And he's heading out. Um, and he pauses at a door that has like a lily pad that's on it and he goes to like knock on it and then he just kind of stops and instead just goes and grabs his jacket and heads out. He, he's totally going to go get breakfast with Mia. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Rodri uh, gets off his couch. He goes to his uh, small little terrarium where his, li- his uh, iguana is, pops in a few uh, cr- uh, dead crickets. He's like, I'll be back in a bit. You don't care. And that's cool. And I walk out the door. <laughs> That's what I like most about you. You don't give a shit. <laughs> I get it. As soon as you leave, the, the guy is like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking monster. <laughs> uh, Dusty, uh, once he's uh, you know, spent a few minutes in the morning uh, looking through his uh, book of favorite explosions, uh, sees some message and goes, ah, all right. Guess it beats trying to go into the kitchen and uh, gives a side eye to the kitchen where uh, the <laughs> yeah the, the rats that live there kind of give him a bit of a side eye back like all right fine not this morning and uh, just puts a coat on and heads out. <laughs> I'm terrified. <laughs> 
And uh, Larissa, uh, of course, is going to do anything that a superior officer recommends, suggests, uh, anything like that. So she immediately jumps up, uh, makes herself presentable, and uh, heads out uh, to to get out of her building. So she's got her tiny little shoebox room and then she goes out into a hallway where you just see like a dozen doors like six on each side of the hallway that are all identical and you just know they have identical rooms behind them Um, a couple of them you can hear like really loud loud thumping music behind as she uh walks past um you hear people who are still having rager parties and um then there's like a communal area where people are, you know, still hungover from from last night, or you know, there's some sort of uh, soap opera playing or game shows. There's game shows like The Price is Right is still on. The oh, Price yeah. is Right is still on. Bob Barker bot was is going strong. There we go. <laughs> Uh, still asking you to spay and neuter your pets. I'm sure that's where uh, uh, you got your cat from. It's very enforced now. <laughs> make, make sure to spay and neuter your children. <laughs> oh. And. Uh, Nobody, nobody says anything to to Larissa. She obviously she sticks out like a sore thumb in Lone Star, and she also sticks out like a sore sore thumb here. Is she Larissa has not found her her people. Is she in uniform? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do that. Crisp- she still got one more day on her contract. <laughs> yeah. God damn it! No, I love it. I just love the idea. You do that crisp thirty. To, uh, excuse me. Uh, 90 degree turn as you like take one step out of your door. It shuts behind you, and then you. Turn <laughs> down the hallway, the, like establishing shot of you perfectly in the center of the hallway as you walk down. So we all have pets. We have a iguana. We have a cat. You have rats, and Angela have has Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you're gonna feed me, but could you at least drop an egg? <laughs> the other guy dropped an egg. I don't know if that's healthy, but it's better than crickets. <laughs> Next Patreon goal, Christopher Walken shows up in every game. <laughs> um, all right. So y'all head down to Wardlow's Pub. Wardlow's Pub is a cop bar outside of the uh, the area that the 44th Precinct actually occupies. In the Venn diagram of occupation for, uh, for Lone Star, it is kind of in a place where two circles meet, the 44th and the 39th. Uh, and because of that, you have this flood of different cops from different precincts, which is actually pretty nice because that means you talk to people who know the job, but don't necessarily know the precinct. So you have new stuff to talk about. You have common ground to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's actually a great way to blow off steam without having it get back to the 44th. So and so got really drunk last night. You're just another cop that got really, really drunk last night. And again, there's kind of a... Vegas feel like what happens at Warlow's stays at Warlow's. We all have a tough job. Let's just all calm down or get really worked up and then not arrested. So you go to Warlow's pub open early in the morning because it's a cop bar. And God damn it. If you're going to solve a crime, every Tridio movie out there has taught you, you have to have three shots of whiskey and an egg. And then you <laughs> go stop the mafia. So Warlow's uh, is uh, open. It's a, it's a uh, somewhat ironically grandiose wooden facade in the very front made to look like a Victorian tea parlor establishment. A lot of crown molding and swirls in the, in the detail. 
and big glass uh, fronts and a large two front uh, two large French glass doors in the front are open and you get ushered inside or excuse me you don't get ushered inside you get nodded inside by the bouncer who is there at 9 a.m because of course it's still shadow run and you see the hustle and bustle of a lot of activity clearly whatever happened at the 44th definitely happened at the uh, 39th as well because there is just a shit ton of yelling and exaggerated uh speaking and people arguing and drinks are already flowing and it is nine in the morning and you notice in the far corner sitting alone at the table is maya excuse me mia o'reilly Mia O'Reilly is a, uh, she's a stocky Caucasian woman, Irish with red hair, uh, excuse me, blonde haircut into a, a page boy haircut with freckles that kind of scatter across her face. And she uh, has this permanent spray on tan. Everybody has a way to deal with the job and hers is to get a very unfortunate type of spray on tan once every couple of weeks. And it's just how she deals. Like it's like getting too many tattoos. That's just that's just how she how she de-stresses is going to this place, that and getting the spray on tan. Uh, she's wearing uh, blue jeans, a black military sweater with a uh, Lone Star arm patch on the left, indicating she is in fact a cop, and an old uh, golden wristwatch on her left hand. And she is sitting alone for a table much larger than a woman her size. Uh, she's a human by the way uh is her meta type and uh she notices all of you and then nods and then on your comms pops up come on over who arrives first yeah um i'm gonna say duck mclaren he he arrives not because he's punctual he just he he woke up earlier Mm -hmm. so he (laughs) needed a drink more yeah he just needed a drink more so yeah he he walks up he's wearing honestly the same suit that he fell asleep in it's rumbled he has a tie that's loosened very very old school detective that's pretty much McLaren to the T and he falls uh, basically falls uh, into the booth leans back and as soon as someone walks by you know offering a menu he waves a hand off and then looks towards Malibu Mia and says yeah my daughter Lily she has me uh she has me going vegetarian for a month. It's going to fucking kill me if, uh, well, if Night Arant doesn't do it first. Yeah, no, I feel you. I have good news, though. And she motions towards the uh, towards the uh, waiter. Waiter just nods and, and moves to the back. But I have good news. Whiskey's made of potatoes, so it's practically a salad. Uh, then uh, I'll take a double shot of salad and uh, throw <laughs> some blue cheese in there. <laughs> I like your style. Who's next? Uh, incoming, uh, stomping in is uh, Rodri. Uh, he takes a look around, notices, uh, yeah, he, basically, he walks in, take a look around, looking for Mia, and I'm assuming I see her. Mm-hmm. And he says, like, and he just starts stomping over. Mia, uh, Duck, what's up? Uh, what's your case? What's your name again? Rodri. Rodri? Rodri. Rodri hey. Lancaster. Rodri, uh, Duck offers you a nod. You always get the sense of feeling that, uh, Duck has always kind of just looked at you a little bit suspicious. You're a giant man. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know from the past that Duck has dealt with some very violent trolls. Uh, he, he, uh, he doesn't... But he, he offers you a nod mm-hmm. and scoots over to make sure you have plenty of room. Uh, every time you do look at him that way, he looks at... Uh, Roddy looks at you and is like, I'm used to it. And mm-hmm. I walk away. But usually. Anyway, I sit down. <laughs> All right. Who's next? 
uh, Larissa will arrive next, and she walks in. Uh, you know, she takes her hat off as she enters because gotta have, uh, gotta be proper. Have you ever been here, Larissa? No. Did you know it was here? Uh, that's why she's not first. <laughs> <laughs> because she had to look it up and then still ask people. <laughs> There's a pub there. Oh, like like your first day at college. You're like, can you tell me what Wolfram Hall is? <laughs> <laughs> so like. <laughs> A screech of a record <laughs> as you walk in dressed to the to nines. Oh, she's with us. <sighs> yeah, there's a pause. There's a pause as she walks in. And the bartender, without looking up, just says, Everybody clear out. The cops are here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. She's coming this way. Wait, what? Mia, you didn't. Uh, um, um, hello? Uh, I, I, I... Uh, excuse me, uh, 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 Detective. Um, I believe you invited me? I did. Have a seat, Officer Shepard. You drinking anything this morning? Milk. Um, if I could have an Chocolate orange milk. juice. Oh. Orange juice. All right. That's healthy. Just like duck here. I'm drinking a salad. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> as, as the person comes up and just pours him a shot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Can I just get a troll moon, please? <clears throat> Thank you. And uh, last but, well, technically least, because he is a dwarf, uh, Dusty comes ambling up, and uh, he's got four shot glasses in his hands. And I would think, oh, great, four people, where's his? He sets them down, and it's three shots of whiskey and one egg. Uh. And uh, <laughs> just plops himself down. Ah, oh, hey, gang's all here. This episode of Fanable is brought to you by the Egg Farmers of America. <laughs> <laughs> the incredible edible egg. Mm-hmm. Glad that, all of you, <laughs> glad that all of you made it. Thank you very much for coming. I know this is uh, a pretty just drecked up time for all of us, right? True. But no, I still am waiting for a call from a contact to get a position on Dock Wagon. Dock Wagon? I need something to get me out of the town. Yeah. No, I hear you. I heard that they're shutting down the 44th, too. Mm-hmm. They're shutting down everything. Knight Errant's going to take everything, every file, every evidence, every case. They're going to know everything that we've done against them and against anybody that's paying them. So that's going to be fun. Y'all got any idea what uh, you're going to be shuffled off to? Any transfer notices yet? Nothing on this end. They haven't said anything. They kept on telling me that they're going to take care of me, but we know what that means. I'm I'm calling everybody I got. Uh, I have a friend who works in uh, tribal affairs that says maybe they could help me out. Drew... My wife's new thing. Uh, he works there, so maybe I can get something there. But, you know, I don't know if I'm really cut out for that. But maybe Doc Wagon. Other than that, I'm just drinking my uh, worries away. And I didn't get anything they gave me. I mean, they did give me a stack of papers, but I just used them to light my cigar. <laughs> then again, I do that with all the papers they give me. Well, we are trying to be a paperless office. Actually, I'm helping. No, actually, it's a... <sighs> That's a bit of a lie. Uh, on my end. Uh, I have been getting offers not the kind I want. Big troll who's good at using his fist. Guess how many gangs suddenly came to my door that I used to bust. Mm, he don't, here don't got a job anymore. Fuck you. The gangs are fine. They, the gangs are hearing about this shit now? Yeah. Fuck, I was hoping for 24 more hours of this. No, and there's always a snitch somewhere. Yeah, great. Hmm. And we all just look towards Oh, Oh, Angela's. no, I, I I'm... A, we're just waiting for my transfer notice to come in, but I, I haven't heard. But I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Oh my the god, only, she's so cute we could put her in a pocket. The only transferring that's happening is the big wigs transfer of bank accounts. Look, Officer Shepard, it's entirely possible that everybody here at the table is going to get some sort of transfer. But having seen how this goes down with some of the other cities that Lone Star's had deals in, a liquidation of assets of assets is pretty high on the list of ways to limit their exposure. To say it's easier to cut losses than just start a hiring spree in the next city where we get a contract. Now, they're not going to kick all of us to the curb. That would be insane. Why would you train? Why would you train police officers to do some of the most dangerous jobs in Seattle and then fire them? That is a, at best, very good way to make what uh, Roderick here is talking about seem like a viable option. So you get a bunch of gangers who used to be cops. Nobody likes that. But at the same time, the transfers that... I brought you here because I actually know the answer to the question. See, I've got friends in City Hall. And so those friends in City Hall know the people in Lone Star making decisions. The pencil pushers, the people behind a desk, the ones who had never seen a street in their lives. And I asked her what was going to happen to the people in the 44th. Most are going to get cushy-ish jobs protecting some sort of gated community. Some of them are going to be ushered off to do the beat somewhere in some private sector. Some of them are going to be driving around rich folk, moonlighting job, but permanently. But four of the names that popped up that were going to be transferred to... The Barons? Oh, no, you gotta be no. fucking kidding me. No. Oh. The four of you. Why? Like, as Larissa's just looking at the three grizzled, dried up, cynical motherfuckers that she's sitting with, yeah. it's like one of these things is not like the other. Hey, I, rem- I resemble that remark. Dustin is finally gets <laughs> lifts it up in the toast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no. It's like. Like what she said, why? We're good officers. We do our job. Yeah, they're good officers. That's (laughs) (laughs) That's the problem. We're good officers. I mean, I've busted more. They're getting rid of me because of... They're getting rid of me because night our rent's taken over and I've busted plenty of their people before. This is just a convenient excuse. You, on the other hand, well, you fit the mold. They, you fit the mold. I'm sorry. I'm not an asshole here. No, no, assholes. you're right. They, principal just thought. Yeah. I mean, they're all right. Like, I mean, I gotta admit, uh, with you over there, uh, Dustin. Oh no, I've got it. No, you, yeah, you, you, yeah, you fit. You fit. You fit the barons. You fit the barons, all right. And uh, you kiddo. Uh, well, let's just say it's in your blood to be uh, sent to the barons. I think eventually. it's. I think it's more of the case was uh, last one hired, first one fired type of situation. No. It, no. No, it's Bending Tree. Wait, what? Captain Bending Tree. Won her in the Barrens? No. No, she was going to recommend you for the officer program. Oh. But what happened? It's Bending Tree. No. It's the people who don't like Bending Tree. Yeah, that's the issue. Oh. They saw your name on her application. She got 24 hours left. She's basically doing as many pardons and pushes as she can. Because she doesn't know exactly where she's going to stand in the company either. 
So she put your name, Shepard, on a number one with a bullet list to get into the officer's program. The youngest of anybody in any of the downtown, of any of the precincts. She thought you had the stuff. And somebody who doesn't like bending trees saw it. So you're going to go to the Barrens along with all these old grizzled bastards. Well. As for the rest of you, you know exactly why. Mm. Some of you are getting on in age. Others are probably trying to get out anyways. I honestly think that the company, not the 44th, but the company, wants to pay your retirement. Easier to pay for... Easier to pay for a coffin. I still got 20 years. I got. I still got... This bullshit. I still got 20 fucking years of my life to go to throw at the scum. They're just gonna fucking kill me. Of course they're gonna kill me. No, they're gonna try. But I've got a better idea. Oh, I was on that list too. <laughs> I think that goes without saying. Oh, the second, yeah, the, yeah. The second the 44th started going down, I started going down right along with it. Yeah, oh, right. we yeah. saw how fresh your tan was. We knew you were going through some shit. Yeah, it's been, it's been a rough one. Yeah. And so, so, the same way that some pencil pushers took a look at all of your names, our names, and said, oh, let's put them somewhere dangerous where they can't hurt our bottom line. The same people who told me about that told me about the people who are going to be reviewing all of our final callers. And it turns out that these people are civilians. And they're not going to look at the past two, five, ten years of your callers and assess whether or not you're a good cop. They're going to do it like any normal person that just wants to do their job, punch out at 5 p.m., get drunk, go home. Which means the last thing that they're going to remember is the last thing that it says on your file. Now, I know of a bust that hasn't happened in Seattle because of some confidential informants that have been working there. But at the end of tonight, they're not going to be employed by Lone Star anymore. Knight Arant's going to have to reach out to them. Knight Arant is going to probably make this bust to make a statement the second they take over the reins for Seattle. But not if we do it first. Because those pencil pushers are going to see that we busted up something that Knight Arant didn't even have on their radar. And it's going to be pulled right out from under them. And I know for a fact, even the dumbest pencil pusher who is going to be stamping our forms isn't going to want to put us in the barrens after that. Nobody wants to get their job in trouble. Though I do have an idea of how we can do ours to keep ours. A big bus like that would maybe get us a little bit of cred might be able mm -hmm. to save my ass too when Night Arant wants to start erasing it. Mm-hmm. You become golden children 
people of Lone Star. The brass would be forced to protect you if for no other reason than public image. Now that I can get behind. Definitely. That I can get behind right there. The brass. If Lone Star, we would be... Uh, we would be the wedge. Right now, uh, Knight Aron's going to be taken over, but Lone Star would be holding us up as fucking heroes. Hell, they might even fund a private operation here for us just to keep people seeing that Lone Star gets shit done. Maybe later on, Lone Star gets the contract back. That could fucking work. Oh. If we do something big, they would absolutely make us a public relations sort of a, a shindig, whatever the fuck they do up there. Yeah, right before you break up, you hit the gym. You look great, and then it's over. And the last thing that the ex remembers is how fucking good you looked. So. Yeah, I'm in. Fuck it. I'm in. I'm in. Hey, you had me at fucks overnight, Arant. Uh, 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 yes, um, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. This is probably a lot to take in, Shep. But, I'm telling you. The way most of us learned, it wasn't so easy as do a bust. For me, this offer was made in the back of a van. On the way to an op. In the middle of the night, on my day off. It gets worse. This isn't so bad. No, no, it's... I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. What do you need us to do? How do we... How, what's the job? What's the bust? Who the people? Let's work the case. All right, so technically this came down from Vice. Vice were the first people to get reassigned because you always need people to stop drugs. Or, I mean, they're moving over to the 65, so chances are they're going to be the ones winding up selling drugs, but Mm. to the right people. Mm. But when it comes down to it, there's a place in the Barrens. It's a drug house. It's about one click into the Barrens, just uh, just above Tacoma. It's close to Halloween Town. Yeah. And it's been there for almost a decade. Now, like I said, we've had CIs coming in and out of there. But more than that, from what I can tell, it's been too easy of a bust. And it'll close a lot more doors than it'll open. Now those doors are going to stay open for night around. So the second they take over, they're either going to get all those COs, uh, CIs, or they're just going to bust the place and they're going to look like they just kicked down the door to Seattle and it's just taking names. It's going to look bad for us either way. Now, I don't know who runs the place. I couldn't get that kind of information because of a lot of disinformation amongst the... Look, a lot of vice cops were using this place both above above board and also below board. So a lot of it was scuttled the second we started losing the contract. Nobody wanted to lose their jobs. You get it, Doc. I get it. So, I've reached out to a couple of friends, but right now I've... You're not the only cops I'm trying to help keep a job. We get it. Mm -hmm. So I do know that the place is called Sweet Town. Sweet Town, one click into the Barrens. I've checked. There's nothing else like it. There's There's no accidental, you know, kids candy shop that's named the same thing. 
You say sweet town to sweet town to a junkie, and chances are they're gonna know about it. But uh, because of my uh, nobody wants to talk to the remainder of the good ones. Vice doesn't want to talk to me. People are worried that I'm going soft, or I'm gonna be talking to internal affairs to keep my job. Everybody loves to hate the last of the good ones. So I can't really do much. Anything I do is going to seem like I went rogue, I'm on the take, or I'm trying to get cops busted or worse. If you can help, we got maybe 13, 14 hours to do it. I don't know if you know people. I know a couple. Great. I'd suggest you... Um, look, it's like Rodney said. There's always a there's always a leak. There's always a snitch. Gangs are finding out that we're not going to be cops soon. That means that there is a time limit on their ability to get into a gang by killing a cop. But once we're dead and the contract's over, Nidoron's not going to do shit. Go together. You're talking to sketchy people. Go together. Don't go alone. Most of the people in this room. We're just going to be here until that last hour strikes at midnight. All right. Come on. We got, uh, what, 14, 15 hours? Yeah. We can do this. All right. By the way, um, you look good together, all of you. Looks like a, looks like a movie. It's nice. Who, who plays me? Oh, who wouldn't play you? We need two people. <laughs> I was like, you mean? You see, uh, yeah, uh, McLaren stands up, uh, downs the rest of his salad, and then uh, waves, <laughs> <to> the <laughs> waves for everybody to get up. Yeah. Short amount of time. You guys uh, got? Uh, you guys bring? Uh, you guys bring a ride with you? I, you got your bike out back, Shepard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I took the train. Okay, I got. I got the. I got the sh- a Chevy with me. And yeah, right. he goes out in the front, and in the front there is a, you know, there's futuristic cars, there's, you know, somewhat futuristic cars, and then there's the piece of shit that smells like the gasoline is, leak- like, dripping out the back, and it looks like something you'd find in the 80s. But it's still running, and it's still beautiful, and he walks up to it and slaps the side of it and says, get in, everyone. Rodney, t- clearly the back. Yeah, fine. And the, the cart noticeably goes down as I step inside. Yeah, thank God I got the shock. Uh, <laughs> the shock space. I got a shotgun. Oh, yeah, 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 but I where removed, I removed the shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody jumped in on that. Uh, before we keep going, first scenes established. So everybody gets a plot. Everybody gets a plot point for uh, first establishing scenes, but also for what's in your box. What did you take? away from the precinct. I really, really liked that. Mm-hmm. So, you exit, uh, you exit the pub. Stage left, pursued by a bear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Leaving the uh, cacophony of steadily getting more and more intoxicated uh, individuals, police officers, whose futures are in doubt, uh, or, or at least mired in mystery. Uh, as they deal with it the best way that they know how, because you've noticed that there aren't a whole lot of calls going out on the Matrix CB for cops, fewer and fewer. The occasional 
disturbance, the occasional cat out of tree nonsense, small time deals. But it seems like not a lot of people in dispatch are interested in putting cops in danger right now. And you know for a fact that even though it's a Saturday, especially because it's a Saturday, there are crimes in the middle of the day. It's Seattle. But again, it seems like maybe people are looking out for each other. Maybe. As we uh, enter, get into my vehicle, my uh, character reaches into the uh, what's the, the overhead visor, mm-hmm. pulls it down, and a a rebreather a rebreather kind of falls down. It looks like a vape pen. He bring, puts it to his lips and takes a big puff, and that basically uh, dilutes the alcohol in his system that he just took because he just he's not going to be driving drunk. Mm-hmm. And he gives it a second before uh, kind of opening the door and like throwing up. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I had to toss the salad. <laughs> <laughs> And then he kind of spots like a, a two rookies, uh, like who are drinking outside. He's like, "Hey, open container laws. Take it inside." <laughs> they scuttle away. Jesus Christ! You lose your contract, and people forget there's fucking laws. <laughs> and then he like peels out of the like the parking lot, almost sideswipes somebody. As there's a horn, he's like, "Hey, I'm driving here," and just keeps on driving. Uh, and so. So we're looking for information. Is that the correct uh, mm-hmm. thing? Yeah, you're doing, like in Shadowrun, you're doing the footwork part. So this is where you con- you can go do any of your contacts, split up into twos, whatever you want. As we're driving, I was like, how do we, uh, I want to do this. Uh, I mean, if this is an operation, we need equipment. So we need people going down to the precinct, seeing what they can get their hands on. I can probably talk to a person or two in order to, uh, yeah, well, uh, get some information about this uh Sweet town. So who wants to come to a bar with me and who wants to go back to the precinct? Oh, I'll go to the precinct. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus, you didn't have to raise your hand. <laughs> I'll go to a bar. All right, fine. Precinct it is. That's where they got all the toys anyway. All right. <laughs> They're going to take me there one way or another. <laughs> I drop you off. Just try to oh, just talk your way through it. I'm sure it's not going to be that hard. It's going to be a ghost town. And yeah, we uh, spin by the precinct and drop you guys off and... We'll be picking you back up in about an hour, okay? Works for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then we're going to be heading off uh, towards a, oh, I can't even remember the name, but it's a, it's a Neo-Victorian uh, bar. As they, as they peel off, uh, Dustin looks over at Larissa. Like, you know, little known fact, uh, they're not actually traffic laws or actually traffic regulations. So, you know, they're pretty flexible. He's completely wrong that, about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's people. Keeps walking. Yeah, that's, no, that's, that's, not, that's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> oh, what are you called? Like uh, those people, they say like, I don't believe in rule. I never signed up for the law. So, oh, sovereign uh, citizen. Uh, sovereign citizen. Yeah. I'm a sovereign citizen. <laughs> no. In fact, it's a sovereign vehicle. That's what he drives. No, that's Chevy vehicles. <laughs> Chevy. <laughs> same, same. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Like a rock. No, that's, that's four. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right, who wants to go first for their uh, various and noble deeds? Uh, I, well, I'll drive to the. Uh, we're going to this bar, uh, and he's going to. He has a contact with Ash Wednesday, who is a bartender with connections to celebs and the underground. I believe that is the Popper's Lament. He doesn't. He, he doesn't look at. He, he knows where. To, he knows where the bar is at. He doesn't really look at the. Uh, he doesn't really look at the uh, name. Doesn't yeah, I mean the point. name's so faded right now. Anyways, it's more of a. It's a bar. Yeah. So uh, he, he's getting out and he looks towards uh, Rowdy. Yeah. 
and kind of squints at you and mumbles. You look like that. You look like that troll that occasionally does those action movies. What's his face? Oh, John Clown Troll Dan. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I don't have enough. the French accent. Uh, pull your hair back into a ponytail. All right, and he does. Cool. You're this. Uh, if I, if I point to you, just uh, say uh, uh, you're a stunt double. Okay. All right. And I, I stand up, and uh, we're walking into the bar of uh, Ash Wednesday. I bet you point to him. He's like, "You're a stunt double." Okay, that was oh. a little. <laughs> that was a little bit on the. Okay, nose. okay, that was good. But I have some notes. <laughs> Listen, my daughter, uh, she's she was in an all production, all female production of Cats, <laughs> known as Put Stop There. <laughs> all right, you walk into the bar. It is a. Far cry from uh, Wardlow's that you just exited. The You are not met with a wall of sound that almost has its own force and agenda to it. You are instead met with a much more dull, somewhat monotone murmur of a, at one point, trendy, maybe becoming trendy again, dive bar. A dive bar where it's more important that people see that you're in the dive bar than people get drunk within this dive bar. But people are getting drunk. There's a morose kind of quality to the environment, though. There's a anti-electricity in the air, as it were. A malaise. It is uh, mostly wooden interior, which is uh, a long stretch of effectively large hallway with a bar to your right seating to the left all around the walls are cheap uh are are cheap banisters and stools that you can sit in of all different makes and models looks like they were scrounged off of the street with small planks above them just big enough to hold a hold a drink and then you'll notice as you walk in that there are small notches in the plank as well to put reading uh small reading tablets on and you notice some people doing that. And oh God, it's one of those bars where people are encouraged to read. In the far back, there is a stage that is otherwise, that is right now, unoccupied with a single microphone and stool. It looks like maybe for stand-up or for even worse, poetry. There's drapes hanging from the ceiling that are elegantly displayed, hiding what is obviously the rotted wood and peeling paint from the old ceiling above. To your right, as you enter, is the bar. Behind is a smattering of of bottles, all illustrated and illuminated with lights underneath them. A large, grimy mirror uh, further gives uh, an enveloping look to the bar itself. Or maybe it did once, now it just looks like they need a new mirror. And the bartender is a petite, um, calico-white uh, girl, very thin, with uh, with a the uh, bob like a like a beehive haircut of jet black hair that has um, instead of instead of uh, pins stuck in it, it looks like it, they have uh, old doll hands that have stuck in there to keep it all aloft, and a wisp of hair hangs down in front of her, otherwise perfect face she is a she is a radiant thing of absolute uh morbid beauty she looks she looks very goth but corpse-like and she looks at you locks on with bright blue eyes and comes over with a kind of uh uh a, 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 a 
a swagger that looks both confident and like maybe she's like on her last legs from a disease or something. You can't tell which. And she's wearing black lace all over her body. Hi. What? I was hoping that uh, <clears throat> we could have a word in the back. Okay. It's about your liquor license. I have a stack of folders in my hands that I took out of my car and I slapped them against uh, your chest, Rodney, and say, hold these. Come on. Okay. All right, come on. And she waves you. You walk the long distance to the other end of the bar and she stops. Okay, here we are in the back. What? Can we cut the act for a little while? I'm sure these people are watching their uh, their tablets more than they're watching us. No, but that's how I make my tips. <sighs> what do you want, officer? Seriously, what do you want? You're killing me. What? I know. I know. We are... Uh... I need some information, and you know you owe me, Ash. You know you owe me, and I'm trying to be a good Samaritan here. I've tried to keep people away that shouldn't be here, that technically weren't breaking the laws, that but were breaking the laws. But I need some information that I know you are probably holding back. I need no information on Sweet Town. I don't know what you mean. No, that's cool. Uh, so... As you might have heard, I'm sure you uh, heard about this, that uh, Knight Arant is going to be taking over uh, around these parts uh, for the foreseen uh, future. But before I left the precinct, uh, I was able to grab a couple files of uh, celebrities that uh, were... Uh, it's been kind of kept away from the news, uh, but they're, they have some serious drug problems. Go some on. of them even possibly... You know the you know the the brightest candles burn the quickest. Yeah. And I pull out one and I uh, I open it up. Uh, Taylor Marshall. What? Taylor Marshall. Taylor Marshall wrapped his car around that a pole. He's been hiding it. The kid is going down quickly. And if you were able to go down, I don't know how many points you'd get in that little weird the starlight the starlight feed yeah no i mean i know i've heard of it i've heard of it Uh uh-huh i need sweet town information now and these files are yours no one's gonna be you're gonna have you're gonna be ahead of the game on this you're gonna know what celebrity is gonna die quicker most likely than anybody else okay 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 she rummages through the uh the taylor file real quick to verify okay you got a deal listen a couple of years ago, when I first got this gig, Sweet Town was uh, this thing that used to make uh, various types of drugs, small de- designer drugs, right? It was somewhere in the Barrens. Nobody really knew where. The Barrens is huge. It's like it's like two different segments of Seattle crushed, in, crushed into once, fed a shit ton of PCP, and then flooded with gangs. It's basically Batman. But the thing is that... Nobody knew exactly where this place was, but it wasn't a deal because it was designer drugs, small batches of shit. Some party kid would take a little too much, think he was Neil the York Barbarian for a little too long, but nothing weird. And then about a year ago, some weird stuff started coming out of there in large doses. Some stuff called Blue Dynasty, which, which is some shit apparently that gives you a different personality while you're on it. 
Like you're a completely different person? Yeah. I mean, the entire pitch is that there's another person inside of you in your subconscious and that you give them the reins for like 24 hours. I can't be fucking safe. No, no, it's not. But people liked it. People, people really liked waking up and being like, what, what did I do? People opened up bank accounts. People applied for new jobs. People broke up with people. Like, it was wild. You basically would retrace your own steps, but that's not the point. Anyways, I've definitely never done it. And you talk to that Trevor asshole. I still broke up with him. But there's also, there's Nova Coke. Obviously, everyone makes Nova Coke. And then they started making, uh, <laughs> they, they started making this other stuff. Center, which is like a hallucinogen that um, it gives you memento memory. So like every five minutes you check out and then when you check back in a second later, those five minutes never happen. You know, you don't know where the hell you are. And it's like that for an hour. People find it very relaxing because you get super sleepy afterwards and then you sleep for seven hours. And um, they, they make lament, which is just a super introspective high, but it's like extremely addicting extremely addicting you know how like if you take too many sleep pills too often you'll your body won't be able to fall asleep naturally yeah. anymore well imagine if having introspective thoughts was like that imagine you couldn't check in with yourself unless you took a drug whoa okay so this place is creative with the drugs I mean back in my day it was just snorting something until you felt happy this seems to be uh they seem to be uh, ramping up production, like you said. A year ago, something happened. Something changed. You heard, happened to know what changed. Is there a new player in town that took over? Yeah. Um, the old crew uh, apparently used to be just a bunch of dropouts that were uh, chemist chemistry majors. And then almost overnight, all of them are found floating in the sound. And the WY gang had moved in. W-Y? W-Y. It stands for W-B-Y. But W-Y. It's dubs W. B and Y is the same phonetically. What the hell does that even stand for? No idea. So W... W-Y. W-B-Y. Yeah. And you have no idea about any of them other than that's their name. That... I know that they're serious players and that I stopped asking around because, like I said, the other kids got geeked and, um, you know, we're buoys for the Navy to fish out of the water. So, all right. and then all of a sudden, bam, their drugs aren't fucking around anymore. They're popular, but I mean, I've had to stop a lot of people from doing uh, from doing Lament and Center here because it's there's nothing wrong with it necessarily. It's not like it's it's not like PCP. It's not like Hizzy, but it kills something inside of you. It brings it out and then it kills it. And if you've ever talked to somebody who's a lament addict, they're like a like a sociopath. They don't even remember what it was like to have emotions. So they got to take it in order to know how they feel about stuff. And uh okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got any questions for her? I'm good. Oh my god, I totally thought you were that troll Jean-Claude troll guy. Oh, I'm, uh, it's a conversation. I'm the stunt double. 
Yeah. Okay, that explains a lot. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. waiting for you to talk. No, no, I, I didn't. Like, I didn't want to be rude. You guys were talking. No, no, that's so sweet of you. No, Thank you. Fine, fine, I was kind of like talking to this guy, and I was like, "What's that guy's deal?" Though? No, no, it's fine. It's He's fine. following me for the next twenty-four hours. He's preparing for a role. Yeah. Oh, I mean, wow. even the stunt double has to prepare. You understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 Well, you picked a heck of a twenty-four hours. Oh, I know. Right? It's gonna be gonna be exciting. Hopefully, I don't get shot. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Ash, just a uh, personal note. Hey, check the pinball over there. Oh, sure. Step forward a pinball. He yeah, takes a step forward and mm-hmm. uh, lowers his voice. Lily been in here uh, lately? She was in here about two weeks ago. And he's like, and uh, what about this blue dynasty? You happen to know if she's ever tried that? No, uh, not here. Uh, I don't like any of that stuff in my bar. Besides, kind of, yeah, he's kind of giving her a lot, yeah. and she's like a twenty-something. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's she's a very, she is your your typical prototypical like very good-looking, flirtatious twenty-something bartender. Yeah, completely impervious because oh yeah, yeah, uh, for to me because <laughs> she's my daughter's age, and yeah. that just makes it weird. Yeah. All right, thanks. Uh, I'll. Uh, she's dating a guy named Josh now. He kind of lower. He kind of. Uh, rubs at his face he's like i was just getting used to mary what yeah. happened to, what the fuck happened to mary I, I don't know uh mary uh maybe she was contrary right huh this works on normal people okay if you were drunk i would be crushing right you now. would be okay i'll this is what i'm gonna do for you i'll leave you the files enjoy have fun in your little death count thing I'm going to make sure to talk to some of the patrols that are still keeping around during the whole transition to make sure they don't bug you about your liquor license. But once night or rent comes, you're going to have to start working their own deal with them. She gets real quiet and then looks down at the files and looks back up at you. You don't need you don't need to do anything, sweetie. But next time you're in drinks on me. Just take the fucking files. I ain't a dead man walking yet. And he, uh, he he pauses as he wrinkles his nose and he's like, I'm not close to death, so don't start counting that. Crack! Oh, oh, shh. Uh, it was an old pinball machine already, right? Uh, ooh, uh... I you- pushed the files <laughs> forward as payment. Come on, we have to pick right. up some people. All right, fine. And we're walking out. Yeah, did you get everything you needed? I got enough. Right. Roll perception, everybody. Let's do the first roll Ooh. of the game. All right. That is logic plus willpower, I believe. Logic plus logic plus willpower. Because there's no perception uh, skill. Ah, they're taking the uh, the white wolf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Five or six, right? Mm-hmm. Two successes. Nice. One, two, uh, three, four. Nice. You see many things. Mm-hmm. Ones don't do ones take things away? No, they don't. Okay, four. Oh, God, no. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Yeah. All right, so two. Uh, sorry. There is a, there is a cat. Mm-hmm. Being yeah. scratched by Dan, but standing on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's very sexual. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely erotic. Yep. All right, Rod. Uh, Rodri. Mm. You walk out. And you're used to the looks from a lot of different, uh, a lot of different clientele because you're huge, but also it's a bunch of wafy motherfuckers just reading and slowly drinking what smells like the worst compound of beer you've ever had the displeasure of sniffing. Hyper IPA. Oh, that's disgusting. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) And you do notice out of the corner of your eye, I, I mentioned that big, that big mirror. 
uh, out of the corner of your eye, there are two people against the wall, the far wall reflected by the mirror. Uh, two, uh, two African-American men who are not drinking and are talking, but their backs are to the wall and they're facing you. And they're not doing too much to hide the fact that they are watching you. Mm-hmm. And Billy, those are cops, but you don't recognize them. But that's a cop move. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm uh, walking out of the uh, bar with him and I'm looking around to see if I could see anything that might hint of which one is their car. Like, if I can tell that these guys are cops, mm-hmm. I'm seeing if I could t- I, I could uh, pull a cop car out of this. The way maybe it has a bumper sticker I recognize, the way it's parked, the way mm-hmm. anything like that. Yep. You know that it's within running distance about, it's about uh, 10 yards away. So if you needed to get out and get into your car very quickly, it would have to be within 10 yards of the, of the exit. So mm-hmm. it's in one of those spots. And you know that there are certain models that Lone Star actually uses. Um, and it's not any of those. But you do lock eyes on one of them, and it's a uh, Mitsubishi um, Nightfire, a very, very average car. But the make and model of it is very specific. And then in your Rolodex of the, the mind, you realize that those have not been picked up by Lone Star. They have been used for many years by Night Arant. Got it. Uh, we're getting into the car, and I mumble, and I get, I, we get into the car. You see the two inside looking at me. Yep, and that's the car behind us. And I'm going to just back up, and uh, we're going to head off. But we're keeping an eye for that uh, Mitsubishi. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see if it's following. And if it is, we're going to be heading the hell out. Okay, and we go to the precinct. The precinct is a buzz with activity. Mostly people. Uh, cleaning out their lockers, cleaning out their desks, taking um, pens, papers, the the sort of thing that you didn't want to get busted, but now who's going to bust them? Uh, so the smallest of crimes is rampant here in the 44th. They wanted to be a paperless office. <laughs> <laughs> They're about to be a whatever's not nailed down this office. Somebody's like just ma- like some troll is making off with a desk. Oh yeah, with it absolutely with the desk. People are people are taking potted plants, whatever those are. Most of them plastic. It's the crime that counts. <laughs> just imagine the troll like trying to keep it like under his coat and really just pretending they don't see it <laughs> because troll. Um, yeah, we're we're walking we're walking towards the uh, towards the back of the station where the uh, where the impound and lockup is, mm-hmm. where they keep all the. Uh, all the things that they steal from the criminals, and from presumed criminals, and from just just people, just people, they're just people. <laughs> and uh, Dustin, uh, as he uh, as he's moving over there, he's you know he's still rattling off to to Larissa about uh, about the uh, the difference between rule uh, laws and regulations. uh, (laughs) Are you trying to mansplain the difference between laws and regulations incorrectly? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, completely. Like, he's... He he clearly functions within his own legal framework. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, boomer means so much when talking about (laughs) that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, uh... And as we're approaching, uh, one of the... uh, One of the secretaries that works there spots him and, and, and kind of makes a beeline for him. Like, Mr. Rhoda, Mr. Rhoda, we still need you to sign these transactions. Oh, perfect! Psst, lights them. <laughs> Pulls out a cigar from one pocket, right next to like a no smoking sign. 
Thanks. Hands, you know, the, hands the flaming papers back. And, and uh, Larissa points at the signs like, that's a law. Ah, uh, it's a regulation. See? No. <laughs> and, uh, no, look, the numbers open, underneath. The letters and numbers underneath are a law. They're referencing the legal code. <laughs> ah, funny. All right, so, all right, all right. I got it. I mean, uh, yeah. It just kind of keeps like, oh, okay, okay. That makes, uh, that makes sense, actually. Dusty lights his cigar with the papers, hands the papers back to the woman who's trying to get to sign them. Horrified, the woman throws them into a trash can, which is summarily picked up, blown out, and then stolen by another person. <laughs> and you, you turn a couple of... Uh, couple of corners you go into some secure doorways and you see the lockup in front of you and there are no fewer than 15 people in a very tight hallway all clustered around a gated off window with bulletproof glass and different uh and and, and mesh wiring all around it as you hear what sounds like can be best described as the stock market of weapon control as you don't really hear what they're saying aside from makes and models of different weapons and vehicles. But they're all yelling at this poor <laughs> old uh, woman bef- behind the desk. Uh, her name is Marge. Uh, she's a, a black woman uh, with a shaved head and... Um, and she has a lot of piercings, neck tattoos, tattoos all over her body. She used to be in Vice, and then she got given a much easier job where they don't shoot at you as much, but you have all the guns. And she was just like, hell yes. And she gets paid more to do less, and she loves it. She um, she plays a lot of those um, those time-based role-playing real-time strategy games. Mm-hmm. Um, and she also has, um, behind the desk, uh, behind the bulletproof... Uh, glass she has different game boards set up of different like monopoly and carcassonne and stuff like that and she's playing multiple games with people in the precinct <laughs> she's living her best self she is living her right. best self for the next 12 or so hours uh dusty looks over to larissa um i mean i can clear this pretty easy but uh you got any ideas first uh, no all right, it's on me. Oh, he no. reaches into his coat and pulls out what appears to be a grenade. Oh, I have better ideas than that. I fire! <laughs> and just tosses a grenade into the middle of the crowd. All right, I'm going to need you to give me a charisma plus intimidation roll. <laughs> I've got either one. <laughs> Actually, I can roll you heavy weapons. Is but... it live? Uh, no, it's a fake grenade. Okay. He's, not, he's not actually going to uh, blow up the precinct. But then he's you're going to yeah. yes. yes. Then you're going to need to pay me a plot point. Uh, yeah, I will pay a plot point for that because you have the uh, you have the violent flaw. If I yes, recall I correctly, do. yes, I do. I mean, he's still taking a violent approach, but it's not an actual violent approach. So yeah, I will pay it. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So I am rolling. If I don't have the skill. Then I just you roll, just roll the stat. Roll yeah, the there's stat. no negatives with this oh, yeah, game. No, this is a bad roll. Everybody knows his tricks by now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a four and a one, so I don't believe I get anything. I forget how this works. Uh, no. Yeah. Five and six is six. Five and six. Yep. Yeah. All right. So yeah, uh, just the grenade click click rolls, and there's a moment of pause if you know. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of looks at, it, then looks at Dustin, and then just goes right back. <laughs> like they know him. Your your uh, your grenade does disappear into someone's jacket. Oh yeah, somebody takes it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <sighs> See, I should have used a live one. No, no, you shouldn't have used a live one. <sighs> and 
Larissa just, uh, you know, sighs heavily, uh, looking at the back of this crowd, uh, who have swarmed poor Marge up there. What is what is her reaction to being swamped like this? Like, is she paying attention to them? Or yeah, Marge is responding like a woman who works at a pizza parlor shop in Midtown at two a.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> like, shut the fuck up and tell me why you're here. Sit down, like. It is not the glasses protecting March. <laughs> so she is really getting aggravated and like she is not getting coherent conversation from the people talking to her. You know what Larissa has on her? A grenade? No. <laughs> Requisition forms. Oh. Larissa's going to do the paperwork so oh. she doesn't have to talk to Marge. She just is going to like, she's going to make a, a couple of notes on there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, it is pull, filled out perfect penmanship, name, rank, serial number, all that's in there. And uh, Larissa is going to take advantage of her smaller stature and is like, you know, ducking and weaving through these people who are, you know, gesticulating wildly, getting more and more animated and upset at Marge I'm- not reading their minds. And she's just going. The guy you pass by goes, I need another grenade. <laughs> And like I imagine, just because I think the visual is hilarious, like the the scale of of this is is you know to to accommodate the largest people there. So uh, Larissa like almost to stand up on her tiptoes to slide a paper across the counter. Yep. And just slides it under the little uh, uh, window that she has to to hear people through. Mm-hmm. And the guys, uh, the and it's predominantly men. Uh, Checks out. <laughs> uh, tracks. They all kind of get quiet when they see you sliding paper. And then they all hold their breath and look at Marge. And Marge just, in one fell swoop, takes the paper, looks at it, feeds it through a machine. It goes, ding. And she goes, she leans into her microphone and says, Come on through, honey. <laughs> and the emergency door... And the emergency door, or, you know, unlocks and starts sliding with mm-hmm. a green light above it. And everyone starts to push forward. Oh, hell no. Yeah. And, uh, Dan, you see that uh, that Officer Shepard gave a piece of paper. And for some reason, <laughs> you are you might spend your entire life not understanding what happened. I know the mysteries of magic, but I'll never <laughs> understand this. <laughs> A piece of paper has made more of a stampede than your very real grenade did. Yeah, well, I'm going to need that piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and you get start uh, start getting pushed forward, Shepard, as a swarm of 15 people yeah. uh, start pushing into the secure area, and you hear Marge start yelling. Uh, Rhodes. Yeah, all of that happens in front of you, including yep. including the person you're working with getting swept up <laughs> like the fucking Ghostbusters in the River of Slime. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he's coming up the back. Hey, 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 say something for me. Come on, come on. He's <laughs> <laughs> <You're> just joining. <laughs> all right, are you going to go with the crowd? Uh, well, no, he's trying to get to Larissa. So he's, now, he's trying to like, yeah. Now that would over. be a uh, a hand to hand. Yeah, also a close combat my, plus uh, strength. Also not my specialty. I uh, am made to blow things up from afar. Mm-hmm. So, and that would be what? Strength? Strength plus, plus close combat. All right. Just strength alone it is. Uh, nope. I suck today. Uh, that's a four, two, and a one. <laughs> hey, guys. Stop. Hey, stop, hey, stop, hey. Stop. hey ah, ah, yeah, <laughs> and you get pulled into the crowd as well as you are both swept along into the lockup. 
and it 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 erupts basically it opens up immediately from a bottleneck into a large open what looks like a warehouse with multiple stacks of steel of steel uh, leveling of steel shelving that goes up maybe eight different instances all the way to the top maybe 20 feet in the air and each one is uh, numbered and ordered in what kind of weapon they are and what case they have to do with. But aside from that, the organizational system is based, is, is left up entirely to Marge. And it looks like the mind of Marge can understand this, but right now you're seeing a chainsaw next to a Barbie doll and you don't understand the correlation. <laughs> um, and the guys of the crowd start going into the locker, completely disregarding uh, disregarding the paperwork ne necessary and start taking things. And then you hear, uh, what, uh, then you hear a man banging boom, 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 on Marge's door and yelling for her to come out here. And then the door opens and then you hear <laughs> as a cattle prod that Marge keeps behind the desk has been used on one of the men and she takes it away and he collapses and she pokes around head around Shepard, baby, you know these people? No. Well, I mean, I've seen some of them in the break room, but they usually don't make eye contact with me. Mm. Well, they're they're not they're not good men, sweetie. They're not good men, sweetie. Can you do something about that? You about them not being good men? I mean, that's why I joined Lone Star. No, you're right. That's more than Mama's problem. But <laughs> what about you, big guy? What? He's like, he's got somebody like <laughs> literally like their foot is on his head. Just, what? Who? Me? What? None of these people made the registration papers. She did. They're technically stealing my things. All right. I mean, I can start lighting them up if you want. Get off me. Um. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All and right. She hits a button, and one of the uh, one of the the secured containers next to you glows bright green and then opens up and you see a six shooter of gel rounds riot control. <laughs> it just dives onto it. Okay. I just need one generic roll and if you want to help out with this I can do this. So this is uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, just, you just face palm your partner. Yeah. <laughs> She's trying to like, I think uh, there's so a non agility, right? As for uh things, yeah. yeah and then for okay I've got a lot more dice for this. Mm -hmm. Me, gotta get a single fucking success at this rate. Yeah, I got, I got one. Okay, uh, like, uh, seven dice. Jeez. Okay, now you can spend plot points yeah. to reroll all of your failed dice. Ooh. Isn't that edge? Oh, oh, so, um, yes, you're right. That yeah. is edge. Yeah. My mistake. Thank you very much. I do have two edge. Or you can pay a plot point to change something about the narrative and have it go your way. Hmm. Now we yes. haven't. I, Last the the last scene I didn't offer the plot point thing, uh, because it was pretty low stakes. Mm -hmm. But this seems like a good time to remind y'all that you can pay plot points to do various things throughout the game. Yeah. That uh, like some other games that use <laughs> names like plot points, but not exactly plot points, or do use plot points exactly like plot points, uh, allow you to alter certain things about the narrative as it goes on. This is a more of a a co storytelling situation. All right, you know what? I'm gonna play a plot point and try and reroll. All my failed dice. Okay, so that's going to be a. Um, I'm sorry, that's going to be a. Oh, an edge. edge sorry, yes. An so edge. Okay, so just mark it down, yeah. and those only come back at the end of the game. Gotcha. So. 
I need my shit. All right. I'm okay. going to try that one more time. Yep. If this doesn't work, then I'm done rolling for the game. <laughs> uh, eh, slightly better. Two successes total. Okay. The, so there is the <clears throat> there is the, the report of a gun that is not using live rounds, but is using kind of a... Uh, uh, a it doesn't sound like a gunshot, but there is a distinct sound that a cop knows in Seattle of right uh, of right uh, dispelling rounds being fired, and it sounds less like a bang bang and more like a flop flop, and it's two guys just drop uh, down covered in this uh, gray ooze that occasionally shocks them as as they lay down, and then the other thirteen people. Free, turn around and say, "Who the fuck? It's Rodney." I'm oh, sorry, Rodri or Rody. It's, it's Crossroads. He's got a gun. Run! And they all, the looters start running out of there. But because it's a bottleneck, they all get shocked by <laughs> by March as they're running out. Ah, 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 and they start dropping the stuff because their bodies seize up and they're limping away, and they leave empty-handed. Yeah, Dusty takes a couple of last spot shots. Like, that's right, right, that's right. Keep going. And then there is silence. What did you want, sweetie? What we didn't have a plan coming in here. Neither, neither did they. <laughs> apparently, uh, uh, yeah, uh, we needed just you, you, the no, mission. No, no. Yeah. Uh, Dusty, Dusty turns over to uh, to uh, to Marty, and uh, he like there's a moment where you can see him like reaching for his coat, about to put the the gun into. It. And then just hands it back to Marge and goes like, so uh, hypothetical, like, right? Like, if we were going to say we, there was an operation and we, there was this uh, a house, right? A house where there are, let's say... Is this a nursery story? Because you're putting me to sleep. Well, I mean, wait, I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. Because in this house, there's like... I mean, Three I wanna, pigs. No, no, there's... <laughs> uh, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for here? Three bears? Wanna, uh, drugs. Just drugs. Just <laughs> kind of like, that one catches her attention. Just lots of drugs, right? And and we were going to, as, as part of this operation, again, a completely hypothetical, uh, going to go into this house and and just kind of make it not be a house full of drugs. Um, what equipment would you recommend? <laughs> hypothetically. <laughs> Then he looks over to Larissa and gives her a very obvious wink. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what would you use if you needed to go into a house full of drugs and then make it not full of drugs? Hypothetically. When would you be doing this thing? I mean hypothetically. Let's 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 say we were doing it tonight, for example. Tonight, Just, you know. Last last night y'all are you're gonna she starts to say y'all and then gives you a dismissive look like you wouldn't be wrapped up in this. <laughs> There's got to be an explanation. And then looks back at Crossroads. Mm-hmm. While you're still a cop. Well, I mean, it's a house full of drugs, right? You got that part. And then I'm a cop. <laughs> so in this in this hypothetical situation, I, as a cop, right, would be going into this house with drugs to take it down right sure well <clears throat> well Larissa's is the one who actually did the paperwork so sweetie what do you need 
hypothetically. <laughs> well, it's not a hypothetical because I put the papers in. So now it's a... Oh, everything I heard here is not something I heard at the end of the tonight. No, 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 no. This is all Wardlow's right now. I'm not... Mm. This is just the rambling of a man who should have been citationed for being drunk on the job aeons ago. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw a medal in his, on his box to, uh, to commemorate it. That's an AA chip, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, we, we were looking for some equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, and Larissa just like has a moment of like little light bulb moment. Because, of course, everybody has already looted the actual weapons locker. You know, they, these people obviously went there first. And so now we are unable to do our jobs. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I am still a cop for the next 24 hours, hopefully longer than that. Uh, I have heard good things on my record. Um, But in the meantime, in order to do my job as best I can, I need to have proper equipment. Part of that equipment is having somebody um, a little tougher than me alongside in case things like what just happened happen. You know, thank you for being such a great bodyguard, Rose. Um, Yeah. But in the meantime, I need some serious uh, equipment to make sure that I can do my job to the best of my ability and fill out my contract as as contracted. Smoke bombs. Smoke bombs, launchers, flashbangs. Zip ties, na- <clears throat> naturally. Lethal or non-lethal? <laughs> She's <laughs> just like looking at her with a big this, old smile. Like, this is like a question that you know is going to haunt you. <laughs> I, I was just like, there's no right answer. There, there's no good answer to this. This is like The Witcher. You know, this is not going to work. Out. <laughs> there are no good choices. Toss a coin to your shepherd. <laughs> Lethal? And she winces. And okay. Dusty smiles. Just calls you and plus the, the smoke bombs. The smoke bombs are non-lethal. Sure thing. We'll we'll, we'll do a, we'll do a unless little you mix. use them right. <laughs> yeah, like the what your grenade that we used earlier. Dust- oh, that was a that was that was a replica. Dustin, don't you have to go practice your multiplication tables or something? Please listen. I'll give you a mix of non-lethal and lethal. Look around. Tell me if you need anything. Not the chainsaw that has sentimental value, but anything else that you need, I'll put together some stuff for you. Okay. Uh, uh, all right. Th- thank you. Thank yeah, you. No, I mean, you don't touch a woman's chainsaw. That's just the first manners. smart thing I've ever heard you say. I learned that with my second wife. Wow. <laughs> there was more than one. I mean, well, after the seven. after the chainsaw, I bet there was. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll go put that together. You guys have fun. <laughs> and she goes into her office. Now, this is where you tell me if you need anything in particular for a loadout. And if you need anything completely, uh, shall we say, avant-garde, then you can spend a plot point to tell me what it is and what it does. Hmm. I mean, we're definitely taking uh, the smoke bombs and uh, extra ammo for, for all our standard equipment, of course. Mm-hmm. Since I want game- some more of yeah. these riot control uh, weapons. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, what you do get is uh, non-lethal rounds. But let's say you get um, you get shotguns. Cool. All right. Shotgun with non-lethal rounds. Yep. Shotgun with non-lethal rounds. 
And Dustin's all about the heavy weaponry. Mm-hmm. So he's looking for, for stuff that, that... He's basically looking for siege equipment, is what yep. he's looking for. We can say that you get the weapon that you have on your character sheet, yeah, yeah. which is not standard issue. No, the crazy cannon, yeah. Yep. Uh, the crime cannon, actually. Crime cannon. Yep. And, uh, Angela, you get flashbangs, which uh, blind and deafen people. <clears throat> Love it. And uh, last but not least, because it sounds fun, <clears throat> you get... Um, God, what should I call these? You get squids, which are pieces of jelly that you put into your hand. And when you slap them on the face of a uh, perp, Mm -hmm. they immediately expand and cover their face and asphyxiate them until they pass out. And then they dissipate. So it's like it's like putting someone in a chokehold. But you don't need to put them in a chokehold (laughs) because science. Science. You have to. Mm-hmm. You don't. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Nobody ever has to. Yep. Cool. All right. Yeah. And that's what you get. And any other weapons? Uh, and um, yeah. That's pretty much it. Vehicles, if you want them. I mean, we got considering the only vehicle is the busted ass Chevy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should get a van. Armored, of course. With spikes. No spikes. Oh, all right, fine. Just an armored van. Okay. I... Put these spikes on later. Got it. Got it. Mm. All right, we're on the same page. Mm. <laughs> armored van. All right. You get an armored van. Uh, armored van has armor of nine. And then I'll figure, I'll worry about the, the stats. Yeah. I've got the stats here. So, cool. all right. And you roll out of there with uh, plenty of plenty of ammo. And more specifically, you stopped uh, a raid of scared <laughs> and greedy uh, police officers from raiding Marge's stores. As, as we're getting into the van, uh, Dusty looks over to Larissa. Uh, you, you got a license, right? Of course. Oh, good, good. I haven't had one in years. <laughs> Not allowed. <laughs> Court order. Court order, yeah. So, quick question. Uh, just about armor. So, basically, armor goes from 6, 9, or 12. 6 gives you plus 1. 9 gives you mm-hmm. nothing. Yep. 12 gives you minus 1, right? Yep. And we could, okay. Yep. So, we Sorry, could it'd, choose be a, it'd be a 12 armor there, Ange. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay. So we are meeting you guys. Uh, well, you, yeah, you said you were picking us up in an hour. Yes. So, uh, yeah, so we'd, we'd probably meet back at where you said you were going to pick us up, and now there's an armored van. Well, they did all right, I say as I get out of my car. And, of course, this entire time, David, we've been watching to see if that car is following us. Uh, no, they stayed right where they were. Hey, we got some Niter Rent people uh, kind of uh, giving us an eye where we were at. I don't know if they were just there getting a drink, but uh, we might be getting company soon. All right, well, we got a car, and it's <laughs> loaded to the gills with stuff. Does that place still have go- uh, we sh- people steal the terminals yet off the wall? Uh, I saw a guy like literally yanking on one. You think I could find one that's still functional? Uh, yeah, to be there about an hour ago. Oh, damn it, we need something. Uh, we need to. I, I need to look up uh, files. Right, right. What are you trying to do? I need to. Fi- I need to find information on them to see if we have anything on the by. Uh, Wby. The uh, Wby gang. Mm-hmm. Wby. Yeah, you can do that. You. Everybody has a computer. Uh, and, hold on. And um, for while you guys are cops, you guys have you know video reads on your glasses or if you have cyberware or whatever. But you can see augmented reality, and it all has a hue of blue. Because you are cops, and so therefore you are privy to information that civilians wouldn't be privy to. Mm-hmm. Like, you can look at someone and know about their crime history or cool. rap sheet and stuff like that. So you have immediate access to the database. Uh, uh, so, yeah, we're going to park for a second, and I'm going to be looking up the uh, 
honestly, as we're driving to beat them up, I'm doing that distracted driver thing where I'm like uh, looking through uh, for WBY. Uh, yeah, the WBY gang. Mm-hmm. And occasionally I'll be like, oh, oh get, get, I learned how to drive. You know, that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm looking up the, what I can find on, on the WBY. Okay. Um, so you find out that they are a relatively new band. band. <laughs> relatively <laughs> new gang uh, that came up from uh, that came up from uh, Boston, actually. Mm-hmm. Boston now being the financial hub of the United States. And as far far as you can find from arrest uh, arrest warrants and, and uh, history like that, that it was started by a couple of high, excuse me, a college graduates from Harvard that got into uh, the drug game through various means. But it seems like because they were rich kids and they knew that they wouldn't really go to jail and things just got out of hand. And so you look through this couple of years, some crimes here and there in uh, Boston, get caught on campus selling some drugs. But you notice that the drugs are precursors to these hallucinogens that they sell now. They drop off the map for about a couple of years. And then all of a sudden, they're in the barrens making this, uh, making these much more refined version of this drug. Mm. And uh, I mean, the two guys are both, they're poetry majors. So it doesn't really check out, but sometimes people just have a knack for the the bad things. Yeah. So as we meet, uh, we kind of just do a little powwow in the parking garage that mm-hmm. we are at. Uh, some of the uh, cars, there are a couple cars left, but most of them have been looted or taken already. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just kind of pulling out like a notepad and sharing with, uh, I'm pulling out like a text file and sharing it with you guys, your, your augmented reality. All right, so this is what we got. Sweet Town. Uh, a while back, they were just making Nova Coke. Nothing too advanced. You know, a little hizzy here and there. About a year ago, they got taken over by the B WBY gang, uh, some Boston gang. And uh, since then, they've been pumping out some designer drugs like you wouldn't believe. I'm talking, we're talking something called uh, Blue Dynasty. Basically, you take it and you're a completely different person. Uh, center, which is basically uh, makes you forget shit for the next five minutes, and you wake up and you're, you know, it's fun apparently to forget shit. And then lament, which makes you allow you to be a philosophy major for a few hours before you completely become horrifically addicted to it. Uh, these are extreme drugs, dangerous drugs, but uh, very uh, cerebral in nature. You also found out that the lead, uh, the leader of the gang is. Alfie, the original person who put it all together. Uh, it seems like uh, Sweet Tooth was started by some college majors here. They're pretty low key until this. Uh, they ended up floating in the uh, Hudson as they, uh, they ended up floating in the what's it called? The Sound. The Sound. Puget yeah. Sound. And before they were found all floating in the Sound about a year ago. And since then, Alfie, which is the original person from Boston who started this gang, has been leading Sweet Town to, uh, well, some sweet profits. Now, with the uh, with uh, Shadowrun Anarchy being what it is, if you would like, you can spend a plot point right now to tell me anything else about the criminal organization that runs this place, what drugs they make, what they may have in the building, what kind of collars or what kind of crimes they have committed that would heighten your position when you bust them. You can 
I've given you Alfie, I've given you the drugs and the name of the gang. Uh, and they're from Boston because of course, always. <laughs> uh, but anything else that you want from this gang, anything that you think would be fun or anything that you think would help your character, then you can absolutely do it right now. Do me a favor, hit the light behind you. Yeah. So you this is just, we're just making uh, stuff that we could tag later on or whatever, however we want to do this. Uh, yeah, it can be uh, good or bad. And it, it's not like tagging in uh, right, fate. Right, I know. But you can absolutely say like, I know it's got weak walls. And then when you bring it up, you're just like, I go through the weak wall. And I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah, uh, during my dig for the uh, WBY, uh, some of the it brings up another drug that they they don't manufacture it, but they make it for themselves, and it heightens their perception. It makes them quicker on the draw. It's basically a, it just makes them a little faster. It makes them a little tougher. It gives them an advantage in the fight. But the thing that it also does, it makes them incredibly photos uh, uh, photo um, sensitive sensitive. Bright lights really hurt. So a lot of them are like wear uh, sunglasses and stuff because if a, a bright light really gets through to them, it messes them up. It stuns them hard. Great. Awesome. So I, do I have to pay for that? Yep. Yep. All right. Here's my point. Thank you very much. <laughs> I have so many points. Yeah, peasant. So uh, what's the name of this drug? I'm going to say um, photosynth. Yeah, photosynth. Photosynth. So it makes them faster, uh, but it also, but you know, makes them a little tougher, but it makes them very sensitive to uh, to light. Good thing we don't have flashbangs. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know. All right. Uh, My thing is after him doing research on me, look it up because I, my character, I put in there has a phobia of magical beasts, of magical creatures. I realize that this particular gang. perhaps uses uh, to create the drugs uses basically some of the uh, blood or some other substance from a magical creature that may be in the building okay yeah although so I don't know do you want to know the specific or you're fine with just I know what animal they're using okay then I'm like <laughs> I heard about a, there was a ma- they have a magical animal so so I don't know the like griffins a, uh, might be a griffin oh griffins are tough <laughs> <laughs> alright so magical animal yep. farm yep okay <laughs> it's a squirrel Oh, God, it's a squirrel. <laughs> Magical animal P-H-A-R-M, guys, ah. because I'm a fucking <laughs> clever storyteller. Yep. Yes, you are. You're so clever. All right. And I can't remember. Oh, it's right there. Yep. There you go. Okay. And Dan or Angela? I know what Alfie looks like. Oh, shit. All right. Because at the mention that Alfie is uh, this pretentious dude from Boston, uh... Try not to try not to describe exactly me. <laughs> <laughs> You're the pretentious dude from Maine. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So you know details have been obscured to protect the <laughs> guilty. So it's just me with the eyes blacked out. <laughs> um, uh, Larissa remembers that one of the party girls that lives in her boarding house, uh, her brother is the one that has supplied the drugs, and so she. She'd heard of this, Alf, like Alfie mentioned in passing, but all this goes together. And Larissa has seen this dude drop by the, the boarding house. Awesome. I love it. <clears throat> so in a wild situation, Larissa knows who the boss is. So Larissa is like, oh, I know him. It's, we all just look towards you. He drops off drugs at my house sometimes. <laughs> what? <Aww. laughs> That's Alfie. He's so sweet. <laughs> 
dating this girl called Lily? What? <laughs> <laughs> Lily does not live in the shithole I live in. <laughs> All right. And Dan, you, you uh, want to add anything? Mm. Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, they all have say, herpes. <laughs> they all have herpes. What? Yeah, it's never going to come into play. I just want to know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say, uh, I mean, we know where this place is now. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, yeah, he looks up the uh, the place in the police database and uh, finds all the uh, basically building code violations and stuff like that. And uh, I want to put forward that there are only two exits, front and back. And that's it. Is that doable? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yep, then absolutely. That's it. All right. Putting this on the board. Not to code. Yeah. What? A drug den isn't a code? <laughs> they go in there and it's like the property brothers. Like, yeah, you're going to have to expand this entire banister. Uh, <laughs> I just imagine as walking in that they are talking and suddenly, uh, like, fucking Drew says, Popo! like, <laughs> <laughs> And Jonathan grabs the sink and lifts it and throws it at us. <laughs> Freeze, property brothers! They're just dark, running through. I'm not going back. <sighs> property brothers. <or> something. <laughs> Cuts to one of the cops talking to the camera. Like, yeah, actually, Drew and uh, uh, Drew and Scott, uh, John, John, Jonathan. Drew, Jonathan, Drew and Jonathan. Actually, the property brothers were originally clones from about two decades ago mm-hmm. that just keep getting recloned over and over but we don't know what it is they're always drawn to wanton criminality yeah no <laughs> to interior design interior design and uh they become serial killers yeah uh, something went mm-hmm. wa- wa- wrong with like the mixture um mm-hmm. but we don't want to get rid of that because they are fantastic when it comes to open concepts yeah <laughs> it's uh, sometimes they mean open concept this kitchen sometimes they mean open open concept your body yeah because did we mention they eat people because they <laughs> eat a lot of people but they always eat on the stainless steel <laughs> yeah oh your block counters the marble they use is anyways <laughs> property monsters anyways there's a fandible notebook coming to you soon <laughs> oh we do need to send a house home wrecked Homewrecked. We haven't done Homewrecked in a long time. Right. I've still been watching the show. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all right. So we've got uh, Photosynth. There is a drug that makes them faster, but also more like Mogwai's. Brad Mog. Uh, magical Animal Farm. Uh, somewhere there are magical animals that they're utilizing to create their various and sundry substances. Who's the boss? You have a visual ID on who the on who Alfie is, and we'll know them out of a crowd or a lineup. And finally, not to code. There are only two ways to get in and out of that place, not a single one more. All right. You get a blip on your personal computers, and it is Mia. And it's she's calling. She's video calling. Is it a, a yeah, group it's chat? A, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, he answers it as we are... Uh, so we're still in the uh, we are still in the parking garage, mm-hmm. but we activate our communicators. Mm-hmm. Mia, her image floats up in front of you, superimposed against the world. Uh, right. So, I heard there was a little trouble down at lockup. No eh, nothing we couldn't take care of. Great. What did we find out? Well, uh, 
Looks like uh, some Boston kid called Alfie took over Sweet Town's uh, operations about a year ago. Uh, they're making, it used to be designer drugs, a little bit of, you know, uh, nothing too crazy, hizzy, mm-hmm. some small stuff. But now they've moved on to some pretty uh, unique cerebral experiences, Blue Dynasty, Center, Lament. Uh, these are all new drugs uh, designed by them. Uh, they seem to be, uh, well, you know, the old gang that used to run Sweet Town uh, was killed about a year ago, all fl- found floating in the sound. That's not good. Yeah, so it sounds like these guys are violent, and it sounds like uh, the kid uh, knows his shit. College grad, poetry uh, was his major, but must have figured out how to mix a couple chem- chemicals together. Poetry or philosophy? Poetry. Uh, name's Alfie. That's all I got on them. Uh, we might have a positive ID on him from uh, Shepard, surprisingly. Apparently, he drops by her house and gives her drugs. No, not me. It's the boarding house. But, uh, <laughs> there is, uh, yeah, and, uh, we, we've, uh, located the, uh, house, uh, we pulled up some of the plans, it seems like they are, uh, not doing so well with the code, there's, uh, entrance in the back, entrance in the front, but that's about it, and, uh, we got, the plenty of weaponry. Sounds good. Do you want to do this tonight? We only have tonight. All right. I'm going to meet you somewhere near the edge of the Barrens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a uh, the old diner that uh, closed down there. Sounds good. All right. Get your things in order. Tonight's the last night. We're going to be cops. Might as well make it good. Over and out. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shadowrun Anarchy, where our heroes learned that you're never too young to be forced into retirement and left to fend for yourself against bloodthirsty gangs and gun-toting competitors. I, I mean, hey, that is a lesson. If you like this, then head on over to Fandible.com. We've done a lot of games, and I'm sure there's something else to strike your fancy. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and we have our own Discord server, too. And if you have a few coins in your pocket you want to throw our way, then go to Patreon forward slash Fandible and become a member. You get early releases and access to special Discord chats, and we get to keep the lights on. Finally, please give us a rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps us reach more listeners like you. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.